Welcome to the Only One Shot Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Gallagher, Jr., and a special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his song, The Coach. Today, I've got a young man that was quite the player himself, grew up as many of you and, and, and many of us all dreaming of playing this great game at an elite level. He grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, played his college golf at Georgia Tech, which says he's going to make some pretty good grades at the same time, and had a lot of success there, went on to the web.com, several other tours for a few years. But now he's the assistant golf coach for the University of Tennessee at my alma mater. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Bo Andrews. Welcome, Bo. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we've got to kind of hang out a little bit at our reunion, got to know each other a little bit better. Uh, you know, I always ask everybody, I mean, everybody's story is a little bit different. How did you get in the game and kind of what attracted you to, to wanting to play this great game? Yeah, well, I first kind of got into the game a little later than most people, but uh, my parents were really insistent on me playing two sports. My mm-hmm. dad was like, you need to play a team sport and you need to play an individual sport. Great. And... So I was like, all right, I'll, I picked soccer for the team sport, and any sport I picked tennis, mostly because he was a good tennis player and had a lot of success doing that. But as I see, he found out that I was a little little too slow for tennis. So, uh, and he had to run. I mean, who would want to run around in the heat? I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Right, right. So I was like, I made my way over to the range and started started hitting a few that way, and then picked up golf and kind of went from there uh, as i as i read and i think you've told me you grew up with chess and hadley and you guys were good buddies growing up playing junior golf what's that like playing with good players when you're growing up and challenging you in different ways what uh, was that experience like for you yeah i was lucky enough to play against chess a lot in high school and uh obviously he was a great player and still is and um when you're a young kid you're you're super vulnerable to what you're seeing and what other people are, are doing and so him being as good as he was kind of opened my eyes to what I could be or what you can what you can be if you continue to work at it and put a lot of effort into it. And so, you know, for me to see him have a success as a junior golfer and go off to Georgia Tech, that really kind of opened my eyes to what you could do. So that was pretty – like I talked with my brother, my brother on the podcast and a bunch of people. When you're playing against those good players, it kind of challenges you and, and makes you want to work harder and, and try to beat them. Was that the same way? There are probably some other kids because, I mean, Raleigh's a pretty good golf town. There had to be a lot of kids playing – and that had to be, to me, I mean, that's why I chose Tennessee is to play in the SEC against the best. And, I mean, that's, I'm sure, what you tried to do. Of course, you played team sports. I'm sure uh, growing up like that, that's what the challenge you the most, is trying to beat those guys that were maybe better. Exactly. I mean, I was fortunate enough, too, to kind of grow up at the same country club in town as Webb Simpson. So mm. when we would go out when I was first starting and started playing competitively and doing a little better, um, you know, Webb would take a bunch of the younger kids out and we would go play and we would play 36, 54 holes in a summer day. And I mean, everything for him was a contest and a game. And you're just trying to beat Webb because if you knew you could beat Webb, you were doing just fine. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think I, I did that a lot. It's funny now these kids are, they've got kids they are in their mid thirties. And of course they didn't play at the level you did. And they tell that story to their friends. He said, yeah, Jim used to take us out. We'd jump all on the cart and we'd go play. I mean, I just think uh, it's such a great experience for the kids because you know, it's a it's a tough game to fall in love with because it's so hard, and and a lot of times, you know, you're by yourself. Uh, in team sports, right. the problem with team sports is you got to have five, ten people to play basketball or or football and and soccer and all those things. But that was one of the great things about golf is you could do it alone. But uh, you know, you get playing pretty well. What was the junior golf uh, experience like as far as getting recruited again with some of the coaches? What was that like for you? You know, for me, it was super exciting um i kind of really 
found my way a little bit after my sophomore year. I won a couple AJGA tournaments, and so I think that kind of put me on the map. It's okay, this kid <laughs> maybe doesn't look great physically, but he knows how to play golf and get it around. So I started to um, possibly see some opportunity when coaches would follow me and then feel a little pressure to say, okay, like I need, you know, not I need to show them what I can do, but I need to do what I know how to do, and hopefully that'll be good enough for them. What did you, what did you, what were you looking for when you were picking a school? I mean, I always ask, you know, coaches, or I mean, we're trying to get that information out to the, the kids and parents that are listening to this podcast. I mean, what, what was, what were you looking for and why you chose Georgia Tech? What's, what's it out to you? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's got to feel right and it's got to fit right. Okay. Um, but most importantly, I think it's the fit and the feel has to do with the coaches. And for me, that was it. I wanted to play for Coach Hepler. Um, I knew he was going to do everything and anything he could to help me get better and to help me achieve my goals and and then push me even further to achieve things that I didn't think I could achieve. And so, like, I was able to put my trust in him and then do things that I really actually didn't think I was going to be able to do. So, um, for me, it just it felt right and who who I wanted to play for, really. And you had some great players. I mean, Ollie Schneider, Jans, and... Uh, you know, of course, you had the pass of Matt Kuchar. You had David Duvall. You had all these great teams, and and that's that to me. That that is a big thing. But when you're playing on such a good team, those qualifying days had to be pretty tough. And I, I always tell everybody that comes in, and you, you may be a great junior player, but when you get to college, everybody's great. Uh, what were those qualifying uh, experiences like for you? Oh man, they were tough. I mean, I felt like it was a lot of time survival mode because um, you just you knew that the great players on your team were, were going to show up and, and do well because they always did. And then you kind of felt at the same time not to screw up, but also that you needed to, you know, take a chance and, and really play play well to get in the lineup where you belong. But, um, you know, it was just constant uh, pressure, I would say. And I think that really helped because, you know, at, at no point when you're playing – professionally and playing at high levels is easier right you just get better at what you're doing and better at dealing with pressure because none of those things ever go away well i think the difference in playing as a pro and is in college is you got to excel in the classroom especially at georgia tech i mean that's got to be really tough how were you able to balance school you know golf still have a social life and enjoy the college experience at the same time because that's that's the challenge because right now when i was playing it wasn't a job uh to me right now and you're you're still young enough it's a job for most of these kids coming in Right, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I think it's tough. Being a student athlete is challenging, but um, I think you got to go into the mindset with, like, this is what I signed up for. And sometimes when you sign up for something, you have to do things you aren't always in the mood to do or that you don't want to do. I mean, like, no one likes studying. No one likes, like, doing tedious daily assignments, right? But mm-hmm. also no one really likes practicing putting or doing drills in a mirror. But those are all things that you have to do and little things that kind of add up to the big thing at the end and if you don't do them it's obvious and if you do do them you know most of the people may not realize you're doing them but they uh, lead to pretty good results usually you know it was funny there was a story where lee trevino came in uh, to a tournament there was a young player or a player out there in the bunk bunker actually you know just practicing out of the bunker and he, he said he was out there he went lee went in for lunch came back out still in the bunker and he's like man that's what you got to do to be great that guy was tom watson 
So it's just, <laughs> you know pretty good bunker player, pretty good player as it turned out. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but I think that's the thing. People just uh, they don't realize the time and effort you put in. Now everybody's got great facilities, and that makes it a big difference. Because I, I you were there that when we were in our fall reunion and i said you know our, i didn't like to practice and we would have to go down to cherokee park and try to dodge the jar the uh, the joggers and and we didn't have right, you know, right. a great facility like you all have in knoxville now but you know these great facilities are phenomenal but to me and i don't know what y'all did at georgia tech those are great but i felt like i and that was maybe it's me i felt like you got more done playing now you had to practice and you had to do it when you with the right uh, method and the right things to practice on. But I felt like I got a lot more accomplished playing. So that's the challenge, I think, don't you, for a lot of college players with these beautiful facilities that they play also or maybe play a little bit more. I, I totally agree. I mean, even I was in college, I was guilty of kind of getting caught up in just being at the course or being at the facility sometimes. Um, and I think it's so important to kind of have that purpose while you're out there, you know, especially if there's opportunity to just – just be there you know when you're playing on a course you really don't have a choice you got the shot in front of you you got the pole you got the flag you have to figure out where you got to go but sometimes the facility is just like there's not as much structure to it so you just have to be i feel like so diligent in what you're doing and preparing what you're going to do that day and that week to in order to get better yeah well said because it's 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 dr coop who's a sports psychologist at carolina work with some of the greats i mean practice with a purpose it sounds simple but, you know, have a kind of a game plan when you go out there. I mean, I'm going to go today. I'm going to work on my 50-yard wedges and do that for a half hour and just kind of uh, kind of like you map out a golf course for a practice round, do it the same thing when you practice. I think you'll get more done and exactly. you'll you probably yeah. enjoy it more. Because and if I always tease you all, but if I had a facility like you do in Knoxville and everywhere else, I probably would have practiced more. But it might have been on those three holes that go around. But uh, I like to play games when I was practicing. So that when right. you've got these cool facilities, it, it definitely uh, is, a, is a plus. But Coach Webb, uh, Brennan Webb, who is now the head coach at Tennessee, he was your assistant at Georgia Tech. Uh, and it's kind of cool how that all turned around. But as I, as I looked in there, weren't you the volunteer coach at Georgia Tech for a year before you turned pro? Or did I, I was, yes, sir. I, I did that volunteer year. I really wasn't playing that well my first year as a pro. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I need to change it up. I need to kind of take a step back if I'm going to continue to play pro I need to see kind of reevaluate what I'm doing or how I'm going about it and sure enough when you're watching and being around it you, you kind of get a good idea of like oh I am doing this pretty well or I'm actually not doing that as well as I thought I was yeah I mean I think um, there's some truth that, to it what does a volunteer what does a volunteer assistant do I mean what are the roles I mean you've got the head coach the assistant what does you know what did you have to do in that role you know so at at, at practice you're you're able to just just kind of be there um, as a during the tournament because you're only allowed to have two coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so one coach has to take a, a back seat if you have a volunteer coach. And so um, Coach Hepler was nice enough to let me have some growth and go out with one of the guys um, for a few tournaments and help him go through the process of you know dissecting each shot and the wind and the lie and where you need to end up and helping kind of build that process for him so they kind of, so that kid had it basically a blueprint of what he needed to do in order to, to play that course correctly or how to sing correctly. Yeah, it's a good point. And you, and it probably helped you as well. I, I mean, I, as you said, I mean, it happens to me when I'm working golf channel go, and, and cause everybody only sees the great shots. And, and when you go on right. site and it's like, wait a second, these guys hit bad shots too. 
Uh, it's just they minimize their mistakes. And I think it's, it's like you said, you struggled a little bit there, and then you kind of like, wait a second, I can do this. I'm doing this as good as as that. And and uh, but you go on, uh, you go to tour school. Actually, you played a few different tours. What was that experience like before you got on the web.com? Oh, it was it was it was pretty wild for me. Um, I mean, getting to play in some some foreign countries that was that was crazy and pretty eye opening. You know, you I really kind of learned to like adapt mm. um, and and have things things go wrong and things don't go as you plan and and whatnot. And then you kind of had to be ready to play on any type of surface with some with no wind or thirty mile an hour wind or or, or, or whatever. And so just learning to adapt that that was something big that I learned from just um, playing some of those tours. What was the coolest place you went to? Can you remember? Because I'm sure there's a I lot of cool say, um I went to Valencia, Spain for mm. second stage at Q school uh, after going to Austria for first stage and like playing well and then getting to get a second stage. And it was like on the Eastern coast of, of Spain. And it was like, I would have never been here or ever come here in a million years if it hadn't, if golf hadn't brought me here. And mm-hmm. so like, just even though that place exists and on a beautiful golf course out there that it was just such a cool experience. Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I'm not the world traveler. I get a little nervous even when I go to Canada or Hawaii, which is actually in our country. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a homebody myself. But, I mean, you kind of answered one of those questions. You learned so much from playing the worldwide. But you get on the web.com tour. What was that experience like for you? Well, I, it, was, it definitely was uh, eye-opening for me. And that was um, playing in, I guess, now the Corn Ferry event. Right. Um, kind of showed me where I was at in terms of my game and, and, and performance and whatnot. So I think I played, um, in my last corn period, then I played, I, I missed a cut, but, but played, played pretty well or relatively like walking off the course. I'm like, man, I played all right, but you know, I'm losing after two rounds by 15. Mm. So I think, think to myself, like, what am I doing? And you know, am I, am I good enough? Am I not doing this the right way? Am I not practicing correctly? And, um, so that kind of led me to like, to get into coaching because I was like I was a little bit tired of being working super hard and not being great at something. Was it tough to give up that dream because you were just one step from getting there? And I mean, I've heard even guys, you know, doing coverage, you hear these guys go, "Man, I hit it really good, but I'm not scoring." Was it tough to give up that dream because you worked so hard at it? You know, you said you picked it up uh, later, but was it tough to do that? It, it was. It kind of hit me a little bit later after I, I stopped playing, but. Um, I really think I found my passion in coaching. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of take it as a, like, that led me to really what I want to do. And so I'm more, like, thankful for it rather than, um, like, regretting that I stopped playing. Well, you know, I, I, I think I've got this right. Coach Webb, you, you were just, when he hired you or got the call from him, you were still playing Corn Ferry Tour, was Webb.com, but you decided to take that uh, jump over to coaching. You know, when you come in as an assistant, what did you learn playing as a pro that you can pass on to these young guys who are now trying to start their college career, and even some who are already playing? Yeah, I mean, I think that coming from from playing and, and, and coming into coaching is that, you know, the most important thing is for these guys just to continue to work extremely hard day mm-hmm. in and day out. Like, being able to work as hard as you can each day and being able to add that up to something, you know, results don't happen instantaneously. And, um, sometimes they happen in two weeks. Sometimes they happen in two years, but you know, if you have the right mindset and you have the right attitude about it, 
and you're continuing to work and not get down on yourself, then then it'll happen. You just have to you have to trust that and create that self belief where you know it's, you're going to get to where you want to get. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and I think that's 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 well well said. I mean, you. you you get the call from Coach Webb, and and you said you were a volunteer coach, but uh, assistant coach. But now you're assistant. What are your duties as the assistant now at Tennessee? Yeah, well, fortunately, Coach Webb uh, trusts me uh, enough to help these guys and um, and to do some of the recruiting. So I, I try to just do my best to individually help these guys um, with, you know, not necessarily be their swing coach, but maybe take a look at this. Maybe their aim's a little off. Maybe they're, you know, cutting it a little more than they want to. So what can they do there? Or like, hey, man, like, where, where can we change our mindset here in order to have our hard work equal out to the results that we should get be getting? Are we, are we thinking the right things over the ball? Are we thinking the right things before? Are we telling ourselves um, the right things after good and bad shots to be prepared for the next one? So, um a lot of just the, the process stuff I think has been so important and he's allowed me to help with. So, and, and that's the stuff I love um, talking about too. Well, and these guys, I mean, uh, they come in with swing coaches and, and everything right. else. I mean, and it's tough to balance it. And I think I've heard it from everybody. I've heard it from swing coaches. Y'all got to be on the same page. And like you said, you're like that second set of eyes. And that's a lot of pressure on y'all because you know – how to play, you know what it takes, uh, and you don't want to confuse the player. But that's a tough balance, though, isn't it? To, to what the instructor or coach they have at home and what you're seeing and trying to balance that as well. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. Um, because now, now all these kids are coming in pretty fine tuned with maybe a uh, swing coach and maybe a sports psychologist too. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do you sometimes with you got to figure out. All right, let's let's make sure and this meshes correctly or whatnot. And that's why um, it just I think it's important just to have that open communication and honesty from the player and then to the coach, so you can be on the same page and and then be able to communicate with his individual coaches, so everybody because we're all going for the same goal, right? I mean, right. We're all trying to reach the top and and stay there and then get better after that. So I mean, I think as long as you have that that in mind then you'll you'll be in a good place well and i've always teased uh coaches but who's the good cop who's the bad cop in uh at the university of tennessee i think you're the good cop but that's because coach webb's not definitely, here to definitely. <laughs> that's because coach webb's not here to defend himself and you know i love him uh, <laughs> no, he does a he does an awesome job and he he brings so much confidence to the guys and and to me as a coach that i mean it just it's, it's incredible, honestly. And that's that's what happened at Georgia Tech, too, when mm-hmm. when he was there. We had a good team with a bunch of good players, um, but maybe we tended to think that we weren't good enough. Um, and he brought this edge of confidence that, you know, made us feel like we belong. And uh, he definitely has brought that to Tennessee golf, that's for sure. Well, that's why I've talked to Coach Fulmer about that when uh, they were looking for the coach. And, I, I mean, Brennan's name kept coming up. And, I mean, it only takes you about a minute and a half before you meet him that you realize this guy has got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. He's learned from Coach Hepler. Chris Malloy, who is at Ole Miss now, gave him his first chance, and and they just rave about him. And just and, and my wife, Sissy, uh, who went to LSU, says the same thing. She goes, he just really gets it, and he's not a used car salesman. Because I always tell right. I tell the kids in recruiting, I said, "Now remember, now guys, they're they're going to take you out, and they're they're going to give you fillet, and they're going to give you lobster. But when you get to school, you're going to be serving it." 
So, <laughs> you know, be aware of that. But, you know, to get back into recruiting juniors, what are you looking for when you're out recruiting? I know this year's been crazy with COVID and you guys haven't been out to recruit, but what, you know, what are you guys usually looking for when you're looking at juniors that are out there uh, playing uh, different tournaments? Yeah, I think when, when we're out there recruiting, um, obviously we'd like to have done some of our homework in terms of who we're looking at, but also we're always looking for a kid who's talented first, right? Mm-hmm. And who has good fundamentals. But but most importantly, kind of holds himself to an extremely high standard in his performance and kind of like how he acts and how he carries himself. Um, because I think that's just so hard to teach. You know, you, you, you just have to constantly work on that mental side of it and and try to become more and more mature and just and, and so he's holding himself so those kids are holding themselves to an extremely high standard because that's what coach webb and i um will do when they get here as well yeah it kind of hurt me probably a little bit in junior golf i kind of ran a little bit hot at times and I remember one coach coming up to me and said, you can't play at our school with an attitude like that. And my response was, well, I really don't want to play there. I mean, it was just, you got to, you, <laughs> you know, you, you got, and that sound, that sounds horrible, but you know, you just, you got to grow up sometimes. And I did, I was so competitive and I just beat myself up in the ground. And I remember, you know, now that I'm married my wife would say, you know, would you want someone to talk to you like you talk to yourself? I go, no. She goes, well, then shut up, you know, you know, <laughs> quit beating yourself up. And I think that's for any junior golfer. And you don't know that when you're watching them and you may see that uh, coach Malarkey always said, Oh no, your attitude was great. And you know, you were the best of this and that. And, and, but I think I matured as I went on. Uh, you know, I still had times our team was, we all kind of ran a little bit hot at times, but we were very competitive. We wanted to win. And, and sometimes you just have to kind of figure out how to balance that and, and you've had players on your team in college, and you've got them now. That you've got to figure out how they can control it and use it to their benefit. I have no problem with getting, not so much you know making a fool of yourself, but getting upset and get over it. It's when it goes and lingers on to the next shot, the next hole, and on and on and on is when you get in trouble. And I think that's the, the the tough balance. But you've been around great players in college, and you played against great. What separates the elite from just the average, in your opinion? What do you see that really kind of maybe stands out that you've seen that separates those great players? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a great question, and I think it's like the million-dollar question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say that good players and elite players are all practicing a lot mm-hmm. physically, and they're all working out physically, right? But um, I would say that the elite players that I've been around and seen work even harder on training their mind and training the mental side of it, okay. whether that's going through the mental reps out there while they're practicing physically or just constantly, you know, judging themselves and assessing how they're doing mentally out there after the round and, and whatnot so they can consistently get better um, and, and see better results. Yeah, and there's that fight to win, that heart that you can't, you know, fire right. in your belly, whatever you want to call it. And, and you can still be a nice guy. And Nick Price was the nicest guy on the outside, but inside he wanted to beat your brains in. And I think that's, and you know, but there's some personalities of people that aren't quite like that. I mean, they want to win, but they're just a little bit, I don't know if the word's nicer, but they're peacemakers, whatever it is. I had a daughter that was like that. She was talent wise, amazing, but she just, you know, wanted everybody to just enjoy themselves and, and didn't want controversy kind of win against that. She didn't want conflict. Uh, and you know, God bless her for being a great kid that way. But you know, sometimes it maybe held her back from winning more. She still won plenty, but I think that's that's the challenge you have when when kids are coming in there to you know, the, you can't change their personality, but you can kind of get them to try to want to win. 
and, and once you can get that through it, it's, uh, you know, that's the challenge, I think, for a lot of players. But, you know, when the kids are coming into Tennessee and we ask you what, you know, you were looking for, what does Tennessee have to offer? And, you know, what, are the, what should the kids look for when they're looking for uh, a place to play or what they should look for when they come to Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, I would say that Tennessee has you know, great facilities and is an outstanding university. But, and, and obviously, super, super passionate fans, as you know. Mm. But, but I would say most importantly, Tennessee has the right people. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from like teammates to coaching staff to strength and mental coaches and administration. Like, I, I've learned that Tennessee people in Tennessee will do whatever it takes to help you achieve your goal and to get where you want to get, and they'll push you even further than you think you could go. And that's the thing that I love the most about coming here, and what I've seen is just the people here want to win and they want to do it the right way and continue to win. And that's, that's kind of what I think Tennessee has to offer. That's just the coolest and best. Yeah. And you were in the ACC and golf or in all basketball is phenomenal there too. And just great sports. So you know what it takes to, to get to that next. I think it's, I think you hit it on it on the nail right on the head. I mean, they, they love and they're passionate. They support you. I mean, everybody does to a point, but there's certain schools that really do it in a different way, even when they're down. And that's the hard part when things aren't maybe going as well. But when, man, when they're going well, they're going well. But what I see now, and, and there's so many changes, but you mentioned that strength coaches. How has working out changed maybe the game or college golf from, you know, even when you were playing just a few years ago? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, um, you know, strength and conditioning coaches are, are, are way more common and people are looking to them now to help them get better even at an earlier age i mean you can see it on the pga tour and see what's going on with the younger players and how strong they are and how far they hit it and it's just it all started with tiger right but mm-hmm. it's, it's just created this effect of that you kind of have to do it it's like a requirement to be great now um and so obviously it's extremely important that you have the the right um guy or girl in there helping you get better the right way because obviously injury in, injury prevention is important but also getting stronger um the correct way for golf is just as important well you've got you mentioned uh, the women and they, they use your facility as well what can be learned from both teams from each other and and do you guys kind of hang out practice at the same time because it's a little bit different because there's uh class schedules and everything do y'all as kind of the women's team men's team kind of spend some time together is that uh, i know at lsu when my wife was in school they thought that was real important they still kind of do uh, what's that like at Tennessee? Yeah, I think that, you know, if we have any scheduled practices, we'll try to separate them so they have the uh, facility when they need it and we have it when when we need it. But uh, I've seen a lot of nice interaction with the two teams, and, and you just never know what you can learn from someone else because, you know, uh, someone on the women's team might have a, just a different perspective about hitting wedges or – lighting a pitch shot, you know, and mm-hmm. that you might not have seen on the team. And just anything like that is, is, is so important and valuable. And it's just so helpful for our guys to have that, have that access and well, you, ideas. Yeah, you say that. I remember when Sam Burns was at LSU, and uh, I, think, I think he left after a sophomore year, yeah, because Kathleen was the same age, and they were buddies, and, and we would tell her, go watch Sam hit balls. What do you mean, go, just go watch him? You'll learn something. The sound, the things he does, and – so she walked over to him, and Sam goes, what's up, Kat? He goes, Mom and Dad said I need to sit here and watch you practice. Of course, he laughed and picked on her a little bit. But, I mean, I think it's true, and I think they can learn from them too. I mean, it's like you said, it's a two-way street. Uh, and, and they're in the same 
boat together uh, because, you know, golfers, you know, and, and other athletes, I mean, they're all in the same thing, so they can kind of talk about things. I mean, they, they can talk about their coaches if they want and, and things like that just to kind of make themselves, you know, have somebody else like a friend. Uh, to, they're going through that same experience together, and they can you know, help each other that way, I, I think, is is valid to have those teams together. So important to be able to kind of get along that way. But it's been a challenging uh, year coming up. Uh, you guys are trying to get everybody back. What are some of the challenges ahead with this COVID? And, and we're going to play fall golf. Of course, nobody knows that. But what are some of the challenges ahead as we head closer to the fall and, and getting back to playing again? Yeah, I think the uh, the challenges are just the uncertainty because no one knows what um, what's up next and what decisions will be made. So I think it's just we've told our guys just to, to focus on what they can control and be prepared and ready to go mentally and, and physically. And then we'll just take it kind of day by day and hour by hour. Yeah. I think that's the only way you can do it. I mean, I've told my other daughter who's not a player, you know, going through sorority rushes that it's going to change day to day and it's going to change when this podcast comes out, it's going to be a little bit different than when we talked. So we, and it's uncertain and, and that's life in general. We have to adjust to that. That's golf. There's times you have to adjust, not so much change. Sometimes you need change, but, uh, to adjust to things, that's things you got to do. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's different than we're used to. These kids can adapt. They're still young enough. They figured it out, and uh, the, the, hopefully we get back to playing some golf, if not this fall, this spring. And, and I, I, as an alum, just appreciate what you and Coach Webb have done. You, you guys have brought us uh, – Stuart Smith brought us together a few years ago with a reunion. You guys made us feel welcome. We kind of took over the facility last year, and, and uh, my crazy teammates were out playing the three holes in the cold weather, and they just love golf. And that's that was the cool thing about our, our team. We – maybe didn't have a lot of big name recruits in there, but we had kids that were from Nashville and a couple other places. And we bonded as a team and we went on and win the sec my freshman year and kind of set a standard that it can be done at Tennessee back in 1980. And of course they've won uh, a couple more sec championships since then. You guys are carrying our flag well and, and representing us well. And, and uh, I appreciate you being on the podcast, but you got any, uh, any other thoughts for you? You want to send out there to anybody and, uh, and then we'll just kind of let you get back to know. Cause I know you want to go practice some. <laughs> I practiced enough this summer so far. I'm worn. I'm worn out. I've been fiddle, fiddling around with my game too much. But no, I'm just so appreciative to be on here today, and mostly appreciative of Tennessee and the alums like yourself that give give me an opportunity to be here. And 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 Coach Webb, you know, I've been able to learn so much from him, and to be a part of this team and kind of continue to build something. I mean, I can't ask for anything more than that. And there's just this is just such a big family and university that it just every day is just so nice and it's just such a good opportunity well i think you said it well family i think that's one of the things we uh, we hope when we send our kids that they're going leaving our family and going to a new family and and you know what i like to kind of end it on this whether you're in life or golf you you have only one shot and that's why we have this podcast you got to make it count you made it count and you're making it count for a lot of young men and at the University of Tennessee and in some future balls. But we appreciate you, Bo, being on the podcast, and uh, we'll keep in touch. And as I like to say, go balls. Yeah, thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Thanks. Until next time.